This podcast is a production of America Matters Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the America Matters Media Podcast Network by visiting americamatters.us. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review at your favorite place to download podcasts. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers, although we think they should. But that's the opinion of America Matters Media. America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal. You are now listening to The Royal Treatment. I am Dr. Dan Royal, and thank you for joining us today. Our sponsors are the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic, where I work here in Las Vegas, and the First Station Medical Board, which licenses practitioners of traditional medicine. These are practitioners such as myself that use natural products and protocols to help their patients achieve optimum health and wellness. If you ever need to reach us, you can always call us at the number on your screen. If you're watching on Zoom, it's 702-562-1454, 702-562-1454, or you can email us directly at thbclinics at gmail.com. That's THB for Turtle Healing Band Clinics, plural, at gmail.com. Dot com. Email us your questions, and we will always get back to you. If we don't answer them on the show, we'll answer them off the show directly and personal. My guest that's joining us today is a personal friend, Eddie Floyd, and Eddie is going to be conducting our discussion with me today about some, well, questions that people have had on their minds. Eddie Floyd, take it away. Thank you very much, Dr. Dan Royal. Now, this is a totally separate show from the excellent show that is always brought to you by the Turtle Healing Band Clinic in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Dr. Dan Royal. This show, I'm going to call this show Ask Dr. Dan Medicine Man, because he's both. He's a medicine man, and he'll we'll get into that a little bit, but he's also, obviously, someone you want to ask questions about. We're going to take and we're going to bring all the questions concerning right now the vaccinations. And so my first question that comes from our audience, doctor, is are vaccines required or are they simply recommended? Well, that's a good question because everyone is made to feel that vaccines are required. So if you are putting a child in public school, you may be told that they can't register until they've had their vaccinations. However, there are exemptions in all 50 states. There's a medical exemption in all 50 states, but there's also philosophical as well as religious exemptions. And they're for a reason, because the patient ultimately has to make the choice as to whether or not they're going to be vaccinated. That's because when you make that choice, you need to be fully informed because you're accepting full responsibility for any and all consequences that may, that may result therefrom. 
So you may be familiar in the past with the Compensation Vaccine Injury Act or Injury Vaccine Compensation Act, whatever it was called back in 1977 thereabouts that was created by our government. It was designed to compensate those who had actually been injured or harmed by vaccines. And so the government recognizes that these medical device injections do carry with them a side effect, as do all drugs. If you look on the website for the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, which is an independent entity, you will see that all the vaccines recommended there are recommended, not required. The same goes for the COVID-19, if not especially more so because it is not an FDA-approved vaccine. It has only been approved for experimental, I should say, emergency use, which is considered experimental up until such time that it is actually approved, which may be a couple of years away. You know, let me jump in real quick, doctor, if you don't mind, before we take our first break. And, and that is right prior to the show, my wife was making an appointment because they called and they said, you can come in and be vaccinated. And then she found out about today's show and she's actually holding off because she and I both want to know, should we get vaccinated in your opinion, doctor? Well, I suppose that depends on which point of view you take. It's always good to have an alternative point of view. The problem in politics is when we have a bipartisan agreement. We need to have a diversity opinion so that we can flush out the facts. Many people do not believe that what we're seeing in this so-called pandemic is the result of a virus. Many people believe that what we're seeing is a result of 5G contamination resulting in radiation sickness. So we do have an alternative point of view, which we can talk about a little more in the program. The question that you're asking, should you or should you not get a vaccine is one that each and every individual needs to make. But the current medical device injections are not classically vaccines in the sense that they are not intended to produce antibodies that would give you immunity from future exposure. They're simply designed to mitigate symptoms if and when you come in contact with the virus at some future date, but it does not provide you the traditional immunity one might expect from a real vaccine. Well, so, so if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, th these, these uh, vaccinations are not really vaccines. Is that correct? They're not vaccines in the traditional sense because that means that they would use a dead form of the virus for your immune system to recognize and make antibodies against. Now, they do use adjuvants, and some of the things that they're using in these, well, so-called vaccines that are being um, administered now for the inoculation against the COVID-19, they include adjuvants that have never been used in humans before. One of those is a nanolipid particle that's being used as the Moderna uh, vaccine adjuvant. It's designed to stimulate immune response because the dead vaccine, I should say the dead virus by itself, is not strong enough to elicit an immune response. So something else needs to be put in there, but that something else may have consequences. There are many people who believe the adjuvants that have traditionally been used in vaccines over the years, such as aluminum, mercury, formaldehyde, and so forth, all of which are cancer-causing agents, may actually be one of the reasons why we're now experiencing an epidemic of cancer becoming the number one cause of death throughout the world. If you look at the, the Pfizer vaccine, 
it has a few ingredients that one can't even pronounce, none of which have been used in humans before. And certainly we know not what kind of interactions they might have amongst those particular adjuvants themselves. Well, doctor, we have enough time, if you don't mind, take your time and tell the listeners, because I've got three texts, people wanting to know how they can personally get a hold of you in Las Vegas, Nevada. Give the contact information. Well, we can always be reached by calling 702-562-1454. That's 702 here in Las Vegas, Nevada, 562-1454. Or they can email us at thbclinics at gmail.com. THB for Turtle Healing Band, clinics plural at gmail.com. You can also find us on the internet. Just simply go to turtlehealingbandclinic.com. Wow. Listeners, viewers, if you want a message, a, a question, send it to the following text at 7 seven five three eight four forty four forty four this is the royal treatment and we're asking dr dan the medicine man we'll be right back want to expand your advertising dollar sponsor this or any america matters program by calling 775-827-8900 extension 2 now back to the show thank you for that we are back now with the royal treatment and this segment and this show might get its own personality because so many people have said how about do a show with dr dan royal where all you do is ask him very important questions about covid19 about (laughs) cancer about everything he does at the turtle band healing clinic there in las vegas nevada so i'm going to ask you if you don't mind we were finishing up on vaccines dr dan continue on until we go to our next uh, question Well, the question was whether somebody should be vaccinated or not. And we were talking about what some of the alternatives might be. So if you did not get the vaccine, you may have, if assuming now that COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 is real and in the environment, you may have or should have been exposed and have antibodies already. So this can be checked through just about every lab. However, there's only one lab that we use here in town that gives us both a qualitative and a quantitative report. What I mean by that is if you go through the standard labs, they will tell you if you're positive or negative. That's not really good enough for our purposes. We need an exact number. That would be the quantitative number. The reason that that's important is because we have a methodology whereby we can help patients develop a natural immunity and be considered recovered. If you have been following the news, you know that the country of Israel, they approve what's called a green pass. Green pass means that you have been inoculated either by vaccination or by natural immunity to which they refer as being recovered. So if you have antibodies, of course, there's no need to have a vaccine. They don't talk about this perhaps because they want everybody to be vaccinated for some other reason than immunity. But the fact remains, that the purpose of a a vaccine, I'm talking about a true vaccine, is to give you antibodies so that you're immune to future exposure and you're also immune to infecting anyone else. So we have a methodology whereby we can help people develop a natural immunity by using their own dendritic cells. They're also called presenting cells. These cells are what's needed to take a pathogen to your lymph nodes where the antibodies are made. And we have, well, been 100% successful in doing that We can do it either by an IV injection or we can also include an injection of the lymph nodes. The difference is if we inject the lymph nodes directly, 
The antibodies will be positive within a couple of weeks, but after four weeks, everybody is positive. Also, by injecting the lymph nodes, the patient is more likely to have symptoms or reaction. I'm talking about uh, flu-like symptoms for about 24 hours, but that's about as serious as it gets. So to, the sh longest short of it is you may not need a vaccine if you already have antibodies. And if you do not have antibodies and don't want the vaccine, well, perhaps you just wait and see if when the exposure comes, because if you're relatively healthy, you should develop antibodies. The problem is that we see in our practice is that when we're treating patients who are supposed to have been exposed to COVID-19, they don't have any evidence of having had a virus. In fact, they don't even have antibodies. I'm talking about health professionals as well. Wow. So for example, uh, the lab that we use for our quality and quantitative testing for the SARS-CoV-2 IgG antibodies, they were in the community testing every one for their exposure to the COVID-19 virus to an antigen testing. They thought when they got their equipment, which cost them $600,000, by the way, for doing the antibody testing, that they would all be positive. So they all checked themselves. And guess what? Not one of them was positive. Not one of them had antibodies. Not one of them exposed to anything, even though they've been out in the community testing everyone for COVID-19. What we see, which is more consistent, is the exposure to 5G and we call this radiation sickness. We think that's actually more serious because 5G isn't going away. And in fact, it's going to become even more intense with more antennas, more satellites, ultimately jumping to 6G, which is 10 times worse. What we do see when we check our patients for uh, laboratory analysis is they will have an elevated CRP or C-reactive protein, which is a marker of general inflammation, and or they may have an elevated D-dimer. You often see this talked about in association with COVID-19, but D-dimer is indicative of a increase in clotting or blood clotting. You may have uh, a thrombosis somewhere or disposition for the same. And these are the two things we see most consistent with our patients, which uh, we believe is more consistent with 5G. Now, keep in mind that uh, the humans in this planet have never been exposed to 5G, and it's different than other types of electromagnetic radiation because it penetrates the skin. But this has been an issue people have been complaining about. I'm talking about scientists uh, since this type of technology introduced going back to at least 2G. So we have a lot of information about the health effects of electromagnetic radiation, uh, radiation long before 5G came along. Wow. You know, uh, Dr. Dan, let me ask you this question. Very delicate question, and I'm sure the answer is going to maybe even be more delicate. But can an employee, can an employee make an employer become or get the vaccination? Well, this question comes up relatively frequently because we do see some employers saying that you can't come back to work until you've been vaccinated, which really makes no sense because, well, we don't even know if the vaccines work. Remember, the so-called vaccines produced by Moderna, Pfizer, and now Johnson & Johnson, even AstraZeneca, they have been approved for emergency use only. That means that they haven't actually been approved by the FDA. And again, as we mentioned earlier in the program, this will take a couple of years because we're still gathering information. Unfortunately, many people who are getting the vaccines are having side effects. About 1,000 people are now dead just in the United States from getting the vaccine. So it, it is not innocuous, if I can use that term. And there are other side effects that one might experience. So if there were no side effects, then of course, yes, everybody should be vaccinated. But the fact is, there's uh, always a downside. And so we need to be cautious. Now, if your employer is requiring it, that's a precarious position for them to take, because 
that puts him in a strict liability position. So in other words, if you get the vaccine, something happens to you because your employer required it, that means that they will be responsible, should be held responsible for those side effects, even death if it should occur because of this uh, medical device injection. Keep in mind that because it's experimental and is not required, none of the vaccines are, it's simply recommended. And you may already have herd immunity and not need a vaccine in the first place. Let me, let me ask you this real quick before we go to the next question, uh, doctor. Uh, is there a way to get tested to see if you're okay and don't need the vaccination? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can get this to any lab, as we mentioned. You can be checked for the SARS-CoV-2 IgG antibody. Now, if you're having an acute uh, reaction, so for example, when we check the patients in our clinic or help them develop a natural immunity, we can document that they have an elevated IgG. That's the early antibody, but then it converts to I, uh, IgM. I'm sorry, but IgM then converts to IgG. This is what the labs are checking. Now, they'll check you to see if you're positive or negative. The problem is, if you don't meet a certain threshold, let's say 1.4 units, then you'll be deemed negative, even though you may have some antibodies, which is why we prefer using the lab here in Las Vegas, American Specialty Lab, where we can get that quantitative result, get an actual number to know whether you have antibodies that are above the threshold or not. You know... Doctor, let me let me ask you this question. This is really important to me, and and I see it all the time in, if you will, different news reports and on social media. What are some of the alternatives that I can do to avoid taking a vaccination, sir? Well, as we mentioned already, you may already uh, be exempt if you have developed antibodies. There are protocols by which you. Uh, can develop natural immunity, such as the gingerine cell vaccine protocol that we use in our clinic. And, um, of course, you can just stay healthy. As herd immunity develops, it's less likely that you're going to be uh, affected. And we know that the current vaccines that are being used are not designed to protect you against subsequent strains, although that we, we do believe that if you have real antibodies against the SARS-CoV-2 uh, IgG, that you will be protected against them from future exposure. That's through natural antibody production. So you may just want to try and stay healthy. Now, so I'll give you an example. So when you were younger, you probably were exposed to mono. Now, not everybody had mono symptoms, but they were exposed to mono and they didn't know it. And then mono in the adult form converts to EBV or Epstein-Barr virus. Many people did not know how, when, or where they're exposed to mono, but yet they have uh, antibodies against Epstein-Barr virus, they may not know that either. Some of them may have an active Epstein-Barr virus, and they're not aware of it until the testing is done. My, my point is that you can get exposure, you can develop natural antibodies, even without developing symptoms, simply by being exposed to somebody that actually has it. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get sick. But as we approach herd immunity, theoretically, with people who have been exposed in the community or have been vaccinated, then there should be less of a need for the rest of those to be vaccinated, they simply may develop it uh, naturally without even their knowledge. You know, doctor, as we come to the bottom of the hour, and, and you can start answering this, but uh, I've gotten several texts. People say, please explain how 5G is connected to this pandemic. Well, 
we have to maybe understand the nature of the human organism. So we have uh, two competing philosophies. There is no one explanation as to how our health is affected. So we have the germ theory that everything out there is um, a danger and needs to be destroyed. This is what currently regulates our conventional medical model with the uh, drug approach and uh, with the treatment of cancer. So for example, a friend of mine developed a cough. She thought it was COVID. She went to the hospital and it developed bronchitis, ultimately pneumonia. And medicine only has one way to treat a condition such as this, that's antibiotics. Now, if it's an allergic reaction or if it's a, a virus, uh, they're probably not going to diagnose it or treat it. So as the patient became worse, what did conventional medicine the hospital do? They gave her more antibiotics. And well, not unexpectedly, the patient continued to get worse and they put her um, on a ventilator because she ultimately needed more oxygen which if you overdo it, can give somebody pulmonary edema on top of pneumonia and she died. Now people die every day all around the world in hospitals from pneumonia. But I've treated many patients over the years with bronchitis and pneumonia in our clinic. We never have a problem. The reason is we cover our bases, treating them for a virus. Now if we need to use an antibiotic, we can always do that. But the opposite is not true in the hospital. They won't be using things such as vitamin C or hydrochloric acid to treat other infections outside of what a drug can, can eliminate, that would be antibiotics. So 5G, getting back to the original question, is different that it penetrates your skin and it causes changes in your DNA, or we could see in the pleomorphic life cycle. So the other philosophy of medicine is that the disease is within us and that the organisms that normally are in symbiosis can go through a metamorphosis and become more pathogenic. So this was first, this theory was first uh, presented about the time of the champ, it was by his continuary, Antoine, I mean, at the time of uh, Louis Pasteur, his contemporary is Antoine Bechamp. He's the one who came up with the theory. It was later proven in the 1930s by Gunther Enderlein in Germany. He was able to see these microorganisms under the microscope. Later, they were videotaped in the 70s by Gaston Nessens up in Canada. Destin Nessens identified 16 different stages to which our life's, our life cycle will go. And of course, when you get to the pathogenic stage, you may have cancer or some other type of disease that results in your death. So let's consider, for example, the highest number of deaths in the US from COVID-19, where they occurred. They were on the Navajo reservation. There is no international airport terminal there. There are no Chinamen coming in and out of the reservation from Wuhan. But the reservation uh, had been virtually 100% inoculated with the flu vaccine through the Indian Health Services. They'd, in fact, been given the quadrivalent flu vaccine or different strains. And we know for a fact, when you are immunized for the flu, that also lowers your immunity to other non-flu-related viruses. The novel reservation also put up 5G throughout the reservation. So that combination proved to be deadly for them, perhaps because the 5G accelerated the, the changes in that pleomorphic system that resulted in them uh, becoming more pathogenic. So the point is that there are different uh, competing points of view. It, uh, and it may be that we are not seeing a virus, but the virus is within us because of our exposure to the 
5G. And we should probably talk about some of the ways by which we get 5G exposure and how we can protect ourselves. You know, Doctor, give our listeners how to contact you very quickly so we can come back from the bottom of the hour break. If you need to reach us, you can call 702 1454 702 here in Las Vegas, 562 Email thbclinics, plural, at gmail.com. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. Thank you for that. And we are back to the royal treatment. We've got a Ask Dr. Dan Medicine Man show going on right now. All of your questions, and there are several that have come in, can be texted to me right now, 775 384 4444. And of course, if you'd like to call and speak with the doctor, it's 844 790 Dan, if you don't mind, before I get to a couple of our texts again, if you would continue on with some of the side effects of 5G. Well, that's a good question. We talked about some of them a little earlier. And um, what we see in our practice in terms of laboratory testing, that's the increase in the C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory marker, and D-dimer, which is a blood clotting marker. But we also see other symptoms. So when they talk about losing their sense of taste, their sense of smell, those are uh, brain or cranial nerves. So your brain is being affected. You may also become nauseous. You may also have uh, bad dreams. All of these symptoms happen to a member of uh, my own family. And we treated them in the clinic as we would normally treat um, patients who have these types of symptoms, helping to fortify the immune system. And of course, they completely recovered from all these symptoms, but the patients did not have antibodies for the SARS-CoV-2 IgG, which always raises our index of suspicion. But let's go back to a study. This was done uh, some time ago using 2G. So we've gone through 2, 3, 4, now we're at 5. Soon we'll be at uh, 6. The 2G uh, cell towers were placed in uh, fire stations. And in the fire stations, they were monitoring the symptoms that the firefighters were developing because of their exposure. And so these symptoms included a lack of impulse control, lack of focus, severe headaches, uh, anesthesia-like sleep. Uh, they had sleep deprivation, depression. They had tremors. And these were all the result of the 2G microwave radiation that was being emitted from the towers that had been put in the fire stations. And as a result, the uh, fire companies made sure that these cell towers were removed so that their firefighters wouldn't continue to have all these negative side effects. They obviously needed them to be in their best behavior and condition so they could focus on the job at hand when the emergency arose. That's going back to 2G. The difference between 2G, 3G, 4G, and now 5G is that 5G penetrates the skin. Problem with 5G is that it doesn't have a very long wavelength, so it has to be boosted. And the FCC has approved companies to use an amplitude of about 45 hertz. But in reality, they're much they're using a much higher amplitude, maybe 145 hertz or higher. And when they do that, that makes it more powerful. It weaponizes it. It's a type of uh, military weapon because it penetrates the skin and it causes a burning like your skin is on fire. That's how they incapacitate people now for crowd control. Same thing that's being used for our cell phone 
transmission is also a military weapon. Think about that. Wow. Yeah. Listen, that leads me to the final question that I have from the audience. And then I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to switch over and start taking some text questions. But how can I and anybody else actually protect themselves from this 5G, doctor? That's an excellent question. We all need to know what we can do to be proactive rather than reactive. So you can get diodes that can be put on your phone. This is also known as scalar technology. They can be put on your phones. That's where you have your greatest exposure. They can be put on your computers. You can turn your Wi-Fi off at night so that you're not exposed to electric smog. Be aware that you're also being exposed by your smart meters and from your navigational systems. You can get magnetic braces. Bracelets can be worn on your wrist or necklaces. But you can also be proactive. You can use a magnetic sleep pad. I just had a patient who uh, bought one yesterday to put under her mat, and they can be purchased in a 5, 10, or 20 gauss strength. Remember that the Earth's magnetic field is about 0.5 gauss, and we think it used to be 5 gauss. That's needed to help your brain resonate with your organs while you're sleeping so that you can recover from the day's activities. If this magnetic field goes below zero, and it has been decreasing over the last 150 years we've been measuring it, you won't be able to get out of bed because you need that gas to regenerate and have energy. And the other thing you can do, you can use a positive pulsing electromagnetic field, such as we do in our office and recommend for patients to use at home. That's to sell vital technology from Germany. You know, doctor, this is really important, I think. I'm going to read our first text because it's in keeping with this 5G comments you've been making. Uh, this comes from Rebecca in Mayport, Florida. Rebecca writes in and says, uh, Dr. Dan, I only have 4G on my uh, computer and cell phone. Am I better protected? Question mark. You are better protected in one sense. You're still being exposed, and this exposure over a period of time is going to cause problems in the long term. So remember the example that I used earlier in the show of 2G. We were seeing symptoms in patients. In this case, they studied with them with firefighters at 2G. Now, the only difference between 4G and 5G is 4G is not penetrating the skin, but we think uh, what we're seeing with 5G now are just the early symptoms. So when I mentioned that a family member of mine had some brain-related symptoms, a loss of taste, smell, nausea, uh, bad dreams, and so forth, these are now just some of the early symptoms we're seeing from 5G, but the exposure continues. So if that pleomorphic life cycle continues to uh, devolve into pathogenesis, the symptoms are going to become worse and eventually we'll see more degenerative diseases, including cancer. Wow. Now, let me go to this next one. This is kind of personal in nature. This comes from Shannon Brown up in Puyallup, Washington. And she writes in and says, just today, I have returned from the hospital where they, I've been diagnosed with COVID pneumonia, and they have given me medication for it. If I don't improve, I have to go back and become hospitalized. How concerned should I be? I feel miserable. Well, of course, this type of pneumonia can be treated very easily and simply, such as we do in our office with uh, amino acids. We like amino acids because they actually boost the immune system, or I should say act more like an adaptogen. So they can also be used if you have a immune deficiency. And with that, we combine vitamin C, 
we use uh, hydrochloric acid and anything else that we might need, as I did with my family members, to help them recover. The question about COVID-19, whether that COVID-19 pneumonia diagnosis is real or not, depends on how they diagnosed it. Did they diagnose it with an antibody test? Did they do it with an antigen test? The PCR antigen test has been found to be highly inaccurate, with uh, false positive as high as 96%. Uh, percent. And so that's highly unreliable. That's the nasal swab test that they're doing. But there's another test, an antigen test, which is a little more reliable. And that's why the numbers are down this year, because they're using a different test than they were using last year to boost their numbers. Wow. Okay, doctor, as we uh, approach our last break for this Ask Dr. Dan Medicine Man show, please tell our listeners, so many people have asked to give out your personal information so they can reach you at the clinic there in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're under the jurisdiction of the Crow Tribe of Indians. And if you want to reach us, simply call 702-562-1454. You can Find us on the internet at turtlehealingbandclinic.com or email us at thbclinics at gmail.com. THB for Turtle Healing Band Clinics, plural, at gmail.com. All right, listeners, this is the Royal Treatment with Dr. Dan Royal. We're asking him questions. Text us, 775-384-4444. We will be right back. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. Thank you for that. We are back now with the Royal Treatment and this particular show, I'm going to call it from now on, Ask Dr. Dan, Medicine Man. You get to text your questions like so many people have done. That text number is 775 384 44 That's right, 775-384-4444. Or give Dr. Dan a call and talk to him direct at 7. Right now, you can 844-790-8255. Dan, uh, our next text comes from John Gavigan in in Gilbert, Arizona. And uh, Johnny writes in and says, how about some homeopathic remedies that can help me avoid COVID-19, doctor? Uh, that's a good question. And from the very beginning, we have recommended that our patients use a homeopathic flu medicine. It doesn't have to be exact. Homeopathy is a law of similars. We use this for flu uh, protection. And as you may know, the COVID-19, uh, so-called COVID-19 pandemic is two and a half times less virulent than the flu. But nevertheless, it is a virus. And so what we have recommended as, as a prevention for the flu, or in this case, uh, COVID-19, Take a dose uh, once a week. Uh, you can get an over-the-counter flu medicine. So a very common one is produced by boron from the duck liver. That is oscillococcinum. It's in the 200C potency. You simply take a dose once a week. Now, if you get flu symptoms, and keep in mind, when I travel around the world, I never travel without this because you never know what you're going to encounter, and it works 100% of the time in flu-related illnesses. And there are many viruses that can act like the flu, including coronavirus. You simply take a dose uh, every hour to two hours until you feel better. And when you're done, you're done. And you stop taking it and save the rest for a rainy day. Wow. You know, uh, Dan, if you don't mind, this comes from Sonny Foreman in San Marcos, California. And he writes in and says, I love this show. I'm never going to miss another episode. Thank you, Sonny. I appreciate that. But he said, uh, in your opinion, 
Dr. Dan, do you think that we have been hyped by scientists and people all around the world to simply follow the dollar, follow the dollar on this vaccination? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. And uh, the way I guess I should phrase that is that this issue has been politicized so that we're taking direction from bureaucrats and politicians who really have uh, no experience whatsoever in treating actual patients because what we see in our practice and what doctors, frankly, around the country, around the world are seeing are not in harmony with what we're being told by our uh, political leaders. So, for example, uh, some time ago, there was a letter that was issued by the uh, European Society of Pathologists. They were uh, upset that they were being required to write on the death certificates the patients had died from COVID-19, when in fact, they had never isolated COVID-19 from the tissue of any human on autopsy there or in other countries, in fact, around the world with which they were communicating. So the short answer to your question is, uh, yes, there's been a lot of confusion because the doctors who are on the front lines are not being allowed to give their voice to what they're seeing and um, and to what they're treating. The Even the treatments that they have found to be effective using uh, medications like hydroxychloroquine and, and ivermectin ha have been suppressed and all for the hopes that uh, the patients, I said the patients, the people uh, will get vaccinated, and they use fear to promote that vaccination because uh, one of the things they talked about when Mr. Gates and his friends met at the event 201 in New York City back in September uh, 2019 was how do we stop the anti-vaxxers? They're very strong. And so this has been something that they've been uh, using uh, long before the COVID-19 was uh, supposedly launched. They were already planning on using social media to suppress anyone and everyone that uh, set forth a narrative that uh, was not mm, supportive of the government position on uh, vaccination and virus for that matter. Well, you know, now I love this question. So let, let's bear with Sarah in Sacramento right now, who's listened to you so many times on The Royal Treatment. She said, I love the show. I love him and his guest. But could you please ask him the following? Is it true that the medical profession received more money every time it was announced it was a COVID-19 death than it had it been a regular flu death or any other symptomatic cause of death? And if so, would that not point to us being manipulated, doctor? No, absolutely. Money dictates just by everything in this world, it seems, and medicine is no exception. So, for example, the way that medicine is currently practiced is through the insurance system. I'm talking about conventional medicine because those of us who practice, practice alternative medicine are usually a fee-for-service type uh, facility. Now, we can use insurance for laboratory work, but insurance doesn't want to pay for anything that's health-related. So uh, when a patient comes into the office, you're looking for the uh, code that would give the highest amount of reimbursement. So yes, money is an influence, and yes, uh, they were being, I'm talking about the hospitals now, as well as doctors, they're re being reimbursed for using codes that were developed for COVID-19. And when they were put on respirators, I believe they were being given about $44,000 per patient. So was there a financial incentive to do so? Absolutely. Otherwise, we might have more integrity uh, throughout this entire process. We might have had it. 
Well, you know, Doctor, that, that really lends itself to you expounding on something for our listeners right now. I have three or four texts, people coming in, and they say, if I were to take your homeopathic remedies, how protected would I be? Because I do not, most of the people said, as a matter of fact, only one out of six said, I do not want to take the vaccine. That seems to be opening up nationwide now because various states are basically opening up their entire, if you will, workforce, their restaurants, their churches, you name it. No more masks are required. Are you not seeing that too, doctor? Oh, absolutely. Uh, in our clinic, again, we're under Indian nation jurisdiction. And so we've never worn masks or had our patients wear masks throughout the entire uh, pandemic, and we've had zero problems here. So I think the patients, everybody needs to step back and ask themselves the question, is this real? And if it's not real, then what is it? And if it is real, then of course, uh, how do I want to deal with it? The most important thing you can do is to obviously stay healthy, but most people are not proactive, as we've talked about uh, doing on this program. They are reactive, and that's why uh, so many of them rush to get the vaccine. We still have this uh, this uh, delusional idea that medicine has a pill for every ill and is going to save us. And uh, there can be a lot of mischief done with vaccinations. And of course, we know that there can be a lot of harm done, uh, particularly for uh, children. You have to be very careful about vaccinating children for this COVID-19 because the uh, current uh, medical device injections have, injections have not been approved for children, uh, in some cases under the age of 16 or 18. You know, Doctor, uh, another text question that came in that uh, I find very intriguing is they said, with these states opening up, uh, are they counting on herd immunization or are they basically saying that it was a farce in the very beginning? Okay, that comes from Dell out of Atlanta, Georgia, doctor. Well, I think they're opening up for various reasons. I think uh, the herd immunity is probably uh, at the top of the list. I, I would think by now most people uh, should have been exposed and should have antibodies if they're testing for that. I, I think it also has to do with the fact with the antigen testing that is now different than it was last year with the PCR testing. That's helping to uh, show less new cases, so to speak. So they are in decline. And of course, more people are getting vaccinated. So uh, overall, there's a, a sigh of relief and people are feeling that it's uh, safe to uh, go back to work and resume normal activities. Of course, um, uh, those of us who, well, maybe have already developed natural immunity were, uh, as I did last summer, uh, have never been um, fearful of anything all along. But everybody, again, uh, has to... Uh, this should be a lesson. Everybody has to be proactive in maintaining your health, whether uh, what we're experiencing uh, is real or not. You know, Doctor, final question, and, and with your permission, I, I'd like to ask this one personally. My, my wife uh, wants to call and set an appointment up to get the vaccination. I personally don't want to take it, but would take it if I'm putting her at risk by not taking it. I want your take on my dilemma. Uh, well, of course, you're not at risk. If she gets it and you don't, then, of course, she's immunized and you're not. And, and theoretically, if what she's getting is a vaccine, then she should develop antibodies and be unable to be affected or to affect you. So uh, there are examples, uh, even in my own neighborhood, of couples that they were very strict in their quarantining and then wearing up their masks and social distancing. And guess what? 
the wife came down with COVID, supposedly, and the husband didn't. Uh, in two cases, I know about just in my own uh, neighborhood. Of course, um, uh, they recovered without incident. But the point is, uh, just because you, know, you don't get vaccinated doesn't mean that uh, you're going to be able to infect her or vice versa. So she's vaccinated, doctor. Uh, she's going to be protected even if I did come down with it for whatever reason. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, well, then. then That's uh, if it's a true vaccine. Okay, right. once she gets the vaccine, she needs to check for antibodies and make sure it's actually worked. That is the only way you can confirm if you have truly been vaccinated. Well, I don't gonna, know I'm, that that's what they're intended to do, but that's how you would confirm it. All right. I, I'm going to get to Rebecca's last question real quick, doctor. Which is the best vaccine in your opinion out there? Well, we're not an advocate of any of those vaccines. In fact, uh, we haven't been a va- We're not really an advocate of uh, most all vaccines. Um, we're here to support patients who uh, prefer to avoid vaccines because they've had uh, reactions or their family members have had reactions in the past. The only one that we actually advocate is the natural immunity, uh, which you can, of course, get by uh, exposure and or by using our protocol, the dendritic cell vaccine protocol, whereby we can help confer natural immunity uh, upon you so that you should be able to be uh, immune to future strains as well. Please keep in mind that the World Health Organization has approved a capsule vaccine for cholera. We do believe it's possible to vaccinate everyone for all of these so-called pathogens by oral capsule that can be done uh, safely and without side effects, the way that we're doing it in our clinic, uh, for example. And that way there would never be any kind of shortage of vaccine and injectables because you can make the capsules um, in much larger numbers and it's distribution so much easier. Wow. You know, doctor, we have just enough time for you to give out the contact information again and any closing comments that you may have. You have so many people who have thanked you for today's show, myself included. Thank you, Dr. Dan Royal. Well, thank you, Eddie, and thank you for having me on the show. My name is Dr. Daniel Royal. You can always reach me here in Las Vegas at the Terminal Healing Bank Clinic by calling 702. That's the area code here in Las Vegas, 562 145 